0: again, happy Sabbath everyone. Okay, once again, happy Sabbath. 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 This is not simply a greeting. This is a condition. We are happy today, are we not? We could be out there. We could be lost in space. We could be lost out here wandering in the wilderness, but God has seen fit to let us know about His great and holy day, and we thank Him for that. We understand that the world has beat us down, how things have happened this week that has gotten us to be a little weary, but let me tell you something, we are here this morning and we need to say praise the Lord. And we thank Him for all that He is and all that He is doing for us. For in just a little while, we're going to know if we are children of God or not, amen? And guess who makes that decision? We do. We decide if we're going to be God's children or not because he always wanted us to be his children. He, he, he put everything in place so we could come back home, but now we have to make a decision. And, and, and as we studied these last couple of Sabbaths, we were, we, were, we were trying to prepare to meet the Lord. And the first week we were discussing the simple uh, 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 fact that self and pride is blocking us from the kingdom. And then the second thing we discussed last week was give God what? His glory. Because he said, I want it all, and it's all for my glory. And so what we're trying to do is to set the table as God has instructed us to do because he is coming to visit us very soon. And what we need to be is to be prepared to receive his Holy Spirit. Amen. And what we want to understand about God is God is love. Yes. Is. And so... His great motivator is love. Amen? But oftentimes, we do not respond to the love of God. We move upon fear. We move upon terror. We, we move because something is going on around us that we cannot control. But God says, my motivator is love. But we're going to talk about something today by God's grace that might make you just a little uncomfortable, that might make you say, hold on now, I, I can't handle this. But is that not like any other Sabbath? <laughs> that's right. Amen. So turn your Bibles to Matthew 24 this morning. The world and the systems are designed to keep us in a mold of distraction. It didn't say that you're not doing something that's worthwhile. It didn't say that you weren't working diligently. It didn't say that. But it's design is to make you distracted uh, uh, concerning a thus saith the Lord. And this happened before. When God had, he had reached the limit of his, his, his holy forbearance. He, he, back in Genesis chapter 6, he had reached that limit. He's about to reach that limit again. And he reminded us in Matthew 24, Christ was speaking, and he said in verse 37 of Matthew 24, he says, But as the, the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were what? Eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It wasn't because Noah wasn't witnessing. It wasn't because the people around him helping him build this ark weren't testifying with every hammer and every nail. It's they were distracted with the day-to-day living they were getting married there's nothing wrong with being married is it No. according to God's plan there is nothing wrong with eating amen and nothing wrong with drinking it's just they had become distracted and they did not realize what was happening and what was about to happen even though Noah was preaching the message he said there's going to be a flood coming God said build this ark because the flood is coming And they laughed and they ridiculed them and they said, man, really, you're building this giant boat in the middle of nowhere. What are you doing? Until what? That first raindrop hit them in the head and it was too late then. Why? Because they didn't listen. They didn't want to hear thus saith the Lord. They didn't want to understand that there was a different reality that we had to come to in order to make it to the kingdom. They didn't want to hear that and he said, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And since the Son of Man is about to, to, to appear, we understand that we have been quite distracted. Amen? That our minds are not focused on what God says is going to happen. We have not prepared. And We were talking about our health in, in, in the Sabbath school this morning and how, how health is essential and a key element as it relates to the, the spiritual nature of our, of our being. And how we have to understand that, that God has a plan for our entire life. Because I'll tell you this, Satan has a plan for your entire life. He has locked it up. And we're going to see that this morning. But we're also going to know that God is God. Amen? And he has chosen a people to come out of her and teach this last message. So when we go to Revelation chapter thir- to chapter 12, we're going to find out something. Why we should be in a little more hurry to find a thus say of the Lord? Why should we be in this position to live inside the walls that God have, 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 have erected for us? In Revelations chapter 12, if we would just read verse 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. The Lord shares something with us. Something happened in heaven. And the old enemy was kicked out of heaven. And the whole, all of heaven rejoiced because there was no more dissension, there was no more selfishness, there was no more pride, there was no more uh, disharmony in heaven, because heaven is in order, and everybody was rejoicing. And the, the, the book says in 12, 12 of Revelation, therefore rejoice ye heavens, and all ye that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of what? The earth and of the sea, for what? The devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, and why does he have great wrath? Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knows that. We don't. We are living in the short time now. The devil has a short time, and he is using everything he can to finish his work. This is the short time. See, the devil knows he's down by 20 points, and there's two minutes left in the game. So he's, he's launching everything he's got. He knows this. That's why we as a distracted people are going to lose if we don't focus upon a thus saith the Lord. He knows he has but a short time. Therefore, since we are living in the short time and the time that Christ is about to return, there are some activities going on around us that we need to be aware of and we need to start spiritually preparing for because you're not going to physically prepare unless you're spiritually prepared. Amen? And we have to understand that this order that God is trying to put us in is the salvation order. Sister uh, Jerry is talking about the, 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 the order of the, the work of salvation and, and how it started in Genesis and, and it kept going through the cross and it's now uh, 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 being applied in the most holy place. And this salvation word, that God, this way that God is trying to place us in, is the only way that we're going to be able to escape this time of trouble. Some of us are familiar with the phrase, Jacob's triumph of trouble. Mm-hmm. We're right here now. I first heard that phrase 40 years ago. And I didn't know I would live to see it, but I see it now. And I rejoice in it. Because what comes after that? Jesus. And if we're here, we're going to have to go through what we've got to go through. Yes. And that's all right, too. Why? Because he said, I'm God. And don't ever forget that. When all these things start happening around us, look up for your salvation cometh nigh. And look up because God says, I am he that can protect. But we have to be where he asked us to be. It's hard for God to have us to effectively use the spiritual warfare tools when we're working for the other spirit. Revelation, if you would, stay there in 13. See, we're here now. We're here. All the times we read about this and it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, it's here. And we should say hallelujah. Because what we always talk about, what prophecy does, it increases your faith in God. Because God told us this and now it's happening so we can believe what God tells us. Amen? Amen. And also remember what prophecy does for us also is to change behavior. Our behavior must change now. And the only thing that can change us is the Holy Spirit. And so unless we allow the Holy Spirit in our hearts, we will not change, and we will be victimized by Satan's last charge. We want to read a little bit about this in Revelation 13. Let's begin in verse 15, if we would. Revelation 13, verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be what? That's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? And he calls us all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Let's stop there. I want you to understand what mark means, because that's important. Mm-hmm. We spent most of our lives saying that the mark is this physical uh, etching upon our skins or, or, or the... the, 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 the Rice clips or whatever, whatever we're talking about implanting in us. But I want you to know something about this word mark. It's a sign of servitude. Please understand that. See, we're worried about the wrong thing. Because you will receive whatever they give you if you have already been having a mark of the servitude of Satan in your life. You're not going to think anything's wrong with what they're doing. He said, but if anybody will not receive this mark, he said, I'm going to make everybody receive this sign of servitude. See, everybody's going to know who you're running with. Amen. Amen. You're going to know, too. Especially you all. Especially those who have heard this message for countless numbers of years and are still doing the same thing they did when they first heard it. There's been no change, but there's about to come one now. Amen. Amen. I don't believe in scaring people into Jesus. Because I, 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 I know one thing, because if Jesus delays his coming, we'll go back to doing what we were doing before we met him. True. But, oh, if we fall in love with him, everything's going to be all right. Amen. That's right. So look at this. He said, and he causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And we know the right hand is your strength and the forehead is your mind. Amen. So your entire being is going to be to serve the enemy of God. Isn't that wonderful? And he said, look, and that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark, or what? The name name of the beast or the number of his name. Let's get this name thing. The name uh, in the Greek means the authority or the character of the beast. You know, we see God's character in his Ten Commandments. We see the Satan's character in his commandments and we will have the character of the enemy of souls if we go through if we go through this but God says I can deliver you if you let me but you got to be where I ask you to be and that place is with him with him and see all we talk about order and we're talking about getting the church in order and getting things in line and everybody bucks against this thing but let me tell you something there's order in the universe And you can look and get every history book you can ever dig up, and there's always been order. Without it, you have what? Chaos and destruction. The The first time we saw something, we saw it this morning, God said Cain was a disorderly son. Cain decided he knew the order of God, but he wanted to do his order. And that's what we have now. Everybody wants to praise God and do what God asked them to do the way they want to do it. And so when you try to say, the Lord said do it this way. Well, I don't want to do it that way. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Thus say of the Lord is not my opinion. Amen? Amen. And I I suggest that you understand what an opinion is and what a thus say of the Lord is. Because when you go to court, you better be saying a thus say of the Lord. Because the lawyers are going to ask you some questions. And if you say, What do you think about this? And then you give your opinion, you're going to jail. Because when they say, What do you think about this same-sex marriage? And you'll be quick to snap them up, won't you? Oh, the you better say it is written. What did Jesus do? When he was standing before Satan, Satan came at him, and what happened? He didn't get into a conversation, he said, It is written. We need to be in the way of it is written. And our lives must be in that way. Amen? Amen. So this is where we are. He's ready. This whole system is ready. And they're they're just ready to to implement it in the name of love and peace and unity. (laughs) This, what we just read, is being packaged in love, peace, and unity. We were reading... We've been reading about this for a while, and and, 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 and the 2015 Sustainable Development, Agenda 21, the UN calls it. They have the whole plan ready. And if you really want to look at it, just go to their website. They're very proud of this. They say, we are going to control everything. This is exactly what we read in Revelation. We are going to control everything. Every aspect of your life. See, we have been worried about who's going to be the next president of the United States. As if that mattered. I'm not sure there'd be another president of the United States after what they're going to do in September. I don't know if they're going to do that. It won't matter. Because what we're about our constitutional rights. You've been hearing that a lot, right? Let me, you know, we, you know that the Constitution wasn't written for you, right? Okay. It wasn't written for anybody you know. It was a contract. But even if it did apply to you, it has been superseded by the Constitution of the United Nations. There is no more right. Matter of fact, the, 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 the constitutions I mean, the, the, I won't call it a Constitution. The agenda has said that individual rights are subservient to the rights of two things. The whole... And Mother Earth. They use the term Mother Earth. Isn't that wonderful? Mother Earth has more rights than you do. Fantastic, isn't it? But this is what God said was going to happen, so we're not surprised, right? He says, matter of fact, I'm reading a quote. He said, "We recognize that planet Earth and its ecosystems are our home, and that Mother Earth is a common expression." in a number of countries and regions, and we note that some countries recognize the rights of nature in the context of the promotion of sustainable development. Nature has rights, man, and you all are human, and you're getting in the way. 2010, we watched this this, um, lecture by Bill Gates and he's very proud of it, and he was saying, he was, he was, he was talking about the carbon emissions. Remember when that, that kicked off in CO2, and he had this algebraic formula, uh, and it said CO2 equals, and the first thing was people. And what his whole thing was this. He said, in any algebraic equation, if you want to get the CO2 to zero, something in this particular equation has to be zero because it's a multiplication issue. Anything multiplied by zero is what? Zero. 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 So he said, if we do a good job, with our vaccines, with our food supply, uh, and and with our general care of the public, we can reduce humans. And he just kept going, you know, by a certain percentage. I said, you know, you know, Scooby-Doo used to do, uh, what? I thought vaccines and, and food were supposed to save mankind. They said the problem is there are too many humans (coughs) for Mother Earth. There's too many. It's not really, and you know that. Just drive through Mississippi and see all the land that's open. But, But they don't want you here, and you don't exist unless you serve them. Now, when we go to the next level, who is really doing this? Satan himself. Because he said, I'll be like the Most High. You will depend on me. You will serve me. If not, I will kill you. That we read in Revelation 13. This is where we are now. They are ready. They have done the education system. They have done the food supply. They have done the uh, environmental studies. And they have their religion. They're just ready to let you know about it. On September 25th, 2015, I I, I just want to give you that date. We'll be at a camp meeting. But they'll be speaking, and the first person who speaks at this particular event, guess who? Most Holiness the Pope. He's going to be there welcoming the new world order. Isn't that great? Problem is, where are we? You know you're not in that plan, right? You're you're part of the people they're going to get rid of. Because you all just don't act right. Y'all start talking about Jesus. That's, Jesus is no longer a word that you can use. Have you noticed that? You can say God all day as long as you don't say Jesus. Because Jesus cannot be spoken in this place. Why? Because there's a power with that word. And it goes against everything they're trying to do. And so when you say, I believe in God, they're okay with that. Why? Because they don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) But when you say the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, they got a problem. You can't even say that at your job now, can you? What's that? You know, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Don't say nothing. Oh, it's going to get worse. They're going to start throwing you in jail for it. You ready for that? Are you that level of committed to God, to Christ himself? Are you? We're going to see, aren't we? We're going to see. we're going to give up Jesus for a loaf of bread in a minute. Because the Bible says for a, a piece of bread, a man will transgress. What are we going to do? Isn't it wonderful you're living in this time? Let's go to John, if you would. See, Satan has an issue. He has one agenda. I don't care if he calls it Agenda 21. He has one agenda. John chapter uh, 10, if you would, verse 10. And I do not want, I please, I beg you, We are not here to be afraid. And for you all who have been around a little while, this this should not be new. It's just finished now. And we have watched it develop, and what have we done? We've been begging and pleading. God has been asking us for these years to teach people how to come closer to Him first. Your faith and your trust in God must be of a nature that 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 you can you can hold on to him when everybody else is telling you not to. Because Satan is a great deceiver, is he not? He will deceive you in believing that this makes sense. He'll sit there and tell you things. and Man, you know, God did say we ought to be one. Yeah, that makes sense. But one under who? Is the issue. John 10:10, 10, 10. the agenda for Satan is this. The thief cometh not, but to what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. But God says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it. What? So you got two camps: somebody trying to kill you, somebody trying to keep you alive. Who, who are you going with? I don't think we're sure. I didn't say who you're going with currently, <laughs> but who are we going to go with now? God says, I am life. I'm going to give you life more abundantly. In the midst of this foolishness, I'm still God. And he might tell them on September, no. <laughs> you know, he's done that before. No, not yet. He said in Revelations, he said, uh, he's talking to the angels with the four corners. He said, hold up. Don't let those four winds blow until what? I've sealed my servants in their foreheads. You want to be sealed? Live a sealed life. We got to start living that life now because you can't get in shape in the middle of the game. When this thing is facing us in our, when you get those letters in the mail, and you get those warnings. Either they come on the, you know, the radio. How you have emergency broadcast test? Well, they're not going to be those anymore. They're going to give you something to say, something to do. Everybody with the name starting with S through T, report to so and so and so and so. Then what are you going to do? Okay, John. I see. He came to steal and destroy. So don't under, don't underestimate the devil, but don't underestimate Jesus. Now, this is what Jesus wants from us. Let's go to Revelation 22. Let's get some hope this morning. I didn't give you everything that, that we could have given you because you all look scared enough. <laughs> but when we can't buy and sell, have we even started that process yet? We talked about it and in, in, in talking about health today. Have you ever fathomed that you won't be able to take drugs? Have you ever thought about, wow, man, I might not be able to go get my uh, uh, quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> but when we, we, when we have already developed habits that don't include quarter pounders with cheese and, and, and don't include Walgreens, when we already start living a life that we don't have to depend on that, it won't be such a burden. We'll be over at Isaiah's house eating his blueberries. He <laughs> said, you ain't yeah, eating my blueberries. <laughs> we'll be doing the things God asks us to do because we'll be in the place he asks us to be in. Amen? Amen. But that place must be now a relationship with him so when he says something, we will do it. Instead of bucking against it. God has God has sent his prophets, his ministers, his seasoned women. He has sent them to us all, and we have rejected them. We're like like Israel. He said, you've crucified all the... Every every time I sent you a warning, you got upset because it made you uncomfortable, and you crucified them. In these last days, we can't be that. We're going to have to say yea and amen to whatever God has to say. Can we agree on that? What happens if it's against what you want to do? you got to say yea and amen and say, Lord, give me the strength to perform this thing. What happens if it comes out of a man's mouth? Is it okay? What happens if it comes out of a a, a, a sister that comes to you and says, Sister, uh, the Lord says, let's do it this way. Who she thinks talking to me? See, all that's going to end. It's got to end. Because there's nowhere in the universe where you can do what you want to do the way you want to do it. Nowhere in the universe. How about your job? Can you do that? You ain't going to walk up in there and just just say, I'm going to do this (laughs) and see what happens to you. Walk up into the universities and say, well, I want a degree in business management, but man, I ain't taking no business classes. (laughs) But I expect you to give me my business degree. How how well is that going to go? So why do we come to Christ and say, yes, I want to make it to the kingdom. I want all the blessings of the window of heaven, and I I want to to, to be claimed by your name, but I'm not doing nothing you're saying. You think that's going to work? Why do we do that then? And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to do what the beast tells you to do. Why? Because he's going to strong arm you. Convert or die. Isn't that wonderful? Christ didn't like that. See, you're going to obey somebody. Why don't you obey the master? Obey the one who loves you. Obey who all, all of his laws are for our betterment. Obey him. But you got to do it now, don't you? Yes, sir. You can't choose him when, when the letter comes in the mail and you're afraid. I have more people come to me after the letter gets in the mail. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. This is what he said to do. Now, are you willing to do that? Well, yeah. I always tell people, they want relief. They don't want to change. Just get this pressure off of me, and that's all I want. You think vaccinations of children are going to be interesting? You know, because we have fought that over the years. Oh, just wait till they start coming, and you can't come to work unless you have vaccinations. That's what they do to our sister Wanda. I have to write her a letter every year that we don't take that garbage. That's going to be not an option in just a second. Because after this, this thing they throw out here and all these diseases are going to be flying around, they're going to say, man, everybody's going to get shot up. Amen? We all right, aren't we? Oh, we're, not, we're not talking about anything we don't know, right? All right. Let's go to Revelation chapter 23. But God said something. He was describing something here in Revelation chapter 22. And we ought to pay attention to this. He was describing this. This is what's going to happen in the, in the day we enter into the kingdom. But he said, you're not going to make it into the kingdom unless you're doing this right now. He said in 13th verse of Revelation 22, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We should say, thank you. Man, we got a God who is all that. So we don't have to fear. Amen. Because if he's the beginning and the end, what are we fearing? And he said in verse 14, blessed are they that do his commandments. Why? That they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. What is your ticket into the city? Oh, I thought maybe I was speaking some language. When? When you get to the kingdom? You don't even get on a bus without a ticket. And the ticket is doing his will, his way, his commandments. Amen? Amen. He, said, he said, blessed are they that do that now. Because you're going to need to know who God, <laughs> what God you're going to serve right now. Yes. 15 says, for without of the city are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. And whosoever maketh, loveth, and maketh a lie." Doesn't that sound familiar? Outside of Jesus is that. Amen? Know that. Anything outside of him is what he just described outside of that city. And so guess what's coming at you? The whoremongers, the idolaters, the dogs, the sorcerers. That's what's outside. So what did he say? Come within the walls. And that's called obedience to his commandments. Come into his walls. He said, I got you. He said, even after the thousand years and the holy city comes down, he said, They're going, going, you'll be on top of the wall watching the action, but they can't touch you as long as you're in the walls. Amen. What about now? Are we within the walls? Are we still dancing on enchanted ground that Satan gave us? We're going to find out in a minute because he's going to ask for it. You remember how you hear all the accounts of these, these artists, these, these um, uh, musicians and these, these uh, uh Actors and actresses and how, what they have to give up in order to be what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Satan's coming to your house. Oh, you want to keep playing on my playground? It's going to cost you this. And then you're going to be running trying to find Jesus and don't even know what direction to run. Now is the time to find him. Now is the time to relate to him. Now is the time to start building this relationship and walking with him so you'll be able to hear his voice. Verse 16 says, Jesus, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things where? The what happens if you're not there? Because, you know, we all got Bible studies. We're the most Bible study in having people on earth. There's only so much you can get from a Bible study. Why? Because God created and developed the church for a reason. Is to implement the things you learned in the Bible. Yes. That's right. We go to Bible study here, Bible study there. We got all these Bible studies, and we're learning things and they ain't putting nothing into practice. Because mm. all you're doing is going to Bible study and going home. You won't even put them in practice at home. Wife mad at you, husband can't stand you. <laughs> but I went to Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we gotta, we gotta fall into his way. His way. And not some of his way. Now, please don't leave here and say, Pastor Shaw said Bible studies are bad. They are not. I'm in a Bible study maybe four or five times every day for the last 25 years. They're not bad. But churches are where we implement them, where we find the peace that God gives us. It gives us an opportunity to minister to others. And he says, I sent my message through my churches, didn't he? That's what the book said, right? These things in the churches, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Amen to that. We thank God for that. He said, I want to let you know this is happening. This is how I can protect you. He said, but I'm going to give you this message through my churches, and I need you to hold on to me because here we go. He was so sad in the book of Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 23. He was so brokenhearted because his people, his chosen people wouldn't hear him anymore. They got distracted. They were doing things because they had one foot in the world and half a foot in the synagogue. But let's go to the 23rd chapter of Matthew and read verse 37. See, this is what Christ wants to do right now. He wants to do this in our lives right now, for us right now. He said, Matthew 23, 37, he said, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that does what? killeth the prophets. Don't tell me nothing I don't want to hear. And is them which I sent unto thee. You know, you, we stone people today. You know, we get that stone look. <laughs> when somebody's giving you a thus saith the Lord, you, you, what well, we talked about, pride and stiff neck and rebellious, we tighten that neck up. I ain't going to do that. Don't make me do that. You don't know what you're talking about. God doesn't require that of me. Okay. He said, you stone them that are sent unto thee. He said, how often would I have gathered thy children together? You see what he's been trying to do. He said, often I would gather your children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. But what happened? Ye would not. So what was the problem? Was it Jesus or us? Because he said, look, I'm trying to show you, I'm trying to cover you, I'm trying to get you in my way so I can bless you, I can protect you, I can show you the way out of this thing. But you would not. I'm here to tell you today, you're going to have to make a choice. I'm going to have to make a choice. And choose you this day who you will serve. See, that's what's so beautiful about that statement in Joshua. It didn't say if you're going to serve, did it? you going to serve. And I don't understand why we don't understand that. You serve something every day. Even if it's your belly demon, you serve it. He said, but I need you to choose this day who you're going to serve. Who are we going to serve today? Our brother David in Psalm 27. Let's look at this. David, I see why God said he's a a man after my own heart. (laughs) David was so much like us, wasn't he? David always repented. He always confessed. But in order to repent and confess, you had to do somewhat. You had to mess up. But he was such a wonderful man. You know why? Because he said, "Lord, I admit it. I did that. Lord, I shouldn't have done that. Lord, you've been too good for. Why am I? Lord, I'm sorry." And he didn't do that again, did he? You don't read anything else about Bathsheba, the second Bathsheba, do you? the third, the fourth, the fifth. He messed up, and that was the end of that one. Amen? Amen. But he understood something. In verse 4 of the 27th chapter of Psalm, he said, One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord when? When I get to the kingdom. All the days of my life. Now. Now. He said, I desire to dwell where? In the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For one reason, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. I want to inquire in his temple. I want to see what he wants me to do. I want to see the way of God. We don't want to even go to the temple of God. Look at us. How many empty seats do we have today? because we've been distracted. Oh, we got something else to do today. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Yeah, but when that whip hits your back, we're going to find out a whole lot about you, aren't we? (laughs) See, unfortunately, we have a history of bonding with Jesus through slavery, through hard times. Oh, we're the best Christians in the world when we can't have a grits and gravy. But give us steak and and, and, and potatoes. We don't know who Jesus is, but that's all right. Grits and gravy coming, and we're going to see what we're going to do. But you don't want to make a relationship with Jesus based on the fact you can't do nothing else. Choose him now. Isn't he worth it? We found out last week how worthy he really is. Lord, help us. We bond with Jesus in times of trouble. What about in times of joy? What about in times of peace? Who gave you the joy? Who gave you the peace? Amen. Amen. But don't worry, the whip is coming. Maybe that's the incentive we need, Brother Jay. Maybe, maybe well, you know, things are going too good. I really ain't got time. <laughs> You're going to call on him then. And you know what's wonderful about him? He might even hear. I wouldn't. Roll that dice, if I were you. Because you don't know if you have passed your limit yet. You don't know if you're going to make it to September yet, do you? Well, I'm going to wait till all this goes down, and I'm going to give my heart to the Lord. You don't know if you're going home today. Oh, I wish that we didn't have to talk about fear. But whatever it takes to get you where you need to go, help us, Lord. For he said... Verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he promised something. He said, he shall hide me where? Do you know where his pavilion is? It would help, wouldn't it? If you want to hide there, you might want to get your GPS out and find out where the pavilion of God is. It's in his word. It's in his way. He said, hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of, the, of, his, of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. I wonder who that rock is. He said, I'm going to sit you right there. It's because of Jesus you'll be able to do that. Amen. Amen. Keep in Psalm 61. Psalm 61. Are we getting it yet? We're in these days that everything we ever read about is coming true. Are we going to serve him or not? See, you've never been without food and shelter and clothing for a long time. On the islands, when a hurricane comes through, everybody's without food, <laughs> shelter, and clothing for quite a while, amen? Am. They understand these things. Oh, America. Not really. And the whole world hates you because the whole world, because remember, the UN is the whole world. They said you are too affluent. You produce too much, you know, carbon, waste. <laughs> you waste too much, and you consume too much. We have to get rid of you all. Oh, and an e- e- economic segment of that says exactly that. They say, we need to make you a third world country. Hmm. We need to make you like the ones we read about. They said, hey, because you all are using too much. He said, you all use, they said, 25% of the energy resources and you're only 3% of the population of the world. He said, we're going to change that. Do you, now do you understand why your bread is $5 a loaf? Now do you understand what's about to happen with the economy? Now do you see why no one can own a home now? But that's part of it too, Sister Jerry, is that private property is no longer going to exist. But didn't Jesus kind of let us know that? The only government that ever worked ever was right before the book of Samuel when God was king and we had judges. (laughs) Every other nation that ever existed was just like what's about to happen to us now. But what did we do? Lord, uh, make us a king like every other nation. Oh, you're going to have one now. And the king is going to be exactly what Samuel described. We need to find King Jesus over again. Psalm 61. Hear my cry, verse 1. O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me where? To that rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me. Amen? Amen? And a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the what? Covered. Of thy wings. I will trust in your word that's covering me. I'll trust in your way that's covering me. See, to live a godly life is going to cover you because God said so. I don't know. I don't know, Lord. See, so when you hear every Sabbath is not an option. What you hear every Sabbath is a way of life God is requiring, and he's able to perform it in you if you let him, because it's the only way out. There's nowhere to go but up. See, back back in in the 1400s, when they were persecuting the Jews, and, and Columbus was, well, we won't go into that history lesson. That Jewish people sent him over here to find to find another world, another place to worship, right? That's what we were taught that the Puritans came over because they were being persecuted by the beast. They said, oh, we got to have some place we can worship God by the dictates of our own heart, right? Where you going now? Persecution is still there. Remember the image that the beast said uh, you'll do, he'll exercise the power of the first beast before him. He said he is going to do exactly, and that's what he's doing now, exactly what that beast that caused people to leave Europe, to come over here, he's doing exactly now, but there is no more America. Where are you going? Up. Uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Oh, you, it's going to be, see, once we get in this connection with God, some of us will be what? Killed. Nah, okay. Peter said, hey, man, good. I fought a good fight, man. Let's go. I'm tired. <laughs> Why? Because he understood some things. But some of us will be alive and remain. And don't you, well, I was going to ask you a question that you are not qualified to answer at this time. I was going to ask you, don't you want to be one of them? You know, because they're going to have special little crowns on their head. Why? Because they've come out of tribulation and no other man has ever come out of Now, you might be, some of you in this room might be one who goes through that. And I'll tell you this, when I see you in the kingdom, I'm going to say, man, all right. (laughs) I'm happy to see you all in the kingdom. I don't care how you got there. But one thing we got to understand is we got to start turning around now. Right now, not tomorrow, not later on today. We have to make a commitment to God right now. Because it's going to be too late in a minute. And not because God can't save, it's because you won't ask Him. See, as long as Satan has that control of your mind, you'll forget to ask Jesus. You'll start, man, and you'll start going along, and all of a sudden you don't know how you got there, and the Holy Ghost has never crossed your mind. Proverbs 1. We we getting this? See, it's under his wing that he wants us to be. It's under his character. It's under his blood-stained banner is where he wants us to walk, and our lives should reflect that, every aspect of it. If Satan has every aspect lined up, don't you think God has every aspect lined up? Every part of your life. There's no part of your life that God cannot be involved in. Proverbs chapter 1. Let's read verse 32 and 33. He says, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. Don't turn away from the word today. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Don't you think Satan will give you a good government job? (laughs) He'll give you everything your wicked heart desires. This as long as I can distract you from the truth. Yes. Now, you understand, we're not talking about living. You have to live in poverty to be a Christian. You have to be unemployed and destitute to praise the Lord. We're not saying that. But Satan says, man, if I give them that, they will quickly forget about Jesus. So he's in the business of giving things, isn't he? Matter of fact, he tried to give Christ the whole world. (laughs) Christ looked at him, man, this is mine. What are you talking about? He said, look here, man. Look, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, uh, I'm done. Isn't that a blessing? How are we going to do it? Same way Jesus did it. He said, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell how? He said, whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet From what? Fear of evil. Isn't that what we're looking for? Safety. We don't want to be afraid. You're going to be very afraid without Jesus. You're going to be very afraid. That's why I often don't share these things. Because they seem to be trying to scare you into serving God. I've been through that before. In the old churches, they used to do that. Fine brimstone, you're going to hell. That didn't work because I didn't see no fire, and I didn't see no brimstone. I said, Jesus, what kind of Jesus is that who wants to rain things down on my head? But then he, he, he met me one day, and he said, I'm not like that at all. I'm about love, peace, long-suffering, mercy. I long to forgive you. See, I can I relate to him because I needed forgiveness. Amen? Amen? So where are we now? He said, I want you to be safe with me. He didn't say it wouldn't be tribulation, did he? What did John 16, say? He said, uh, uh, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. Amen. If you're with the overcomer, what position are you? An overcomer. Amen. So I'm going to hang with the overcomer. I'm going to try to follow his way. I'm going to try to get in the pavilion of God. So when all this happens, there will be a voice saying, come out of her, my people. See, this is not the end. This is the time of the end. And so there are people who have never heard what you heard this morning. And so God's going to need a faithful people, a faithful witness to tell somebody, you don't have to go with that. God is able. But if they don't see anybody going with it, they're not going to believe anything you say. They're going to look at your family. They're going to look at your, your relationships. They're going to look at how you look, how you dress, how you, how you respond. That's what they're looking at. I was talking to brother yesterday, and it was so funny. We were talking uh, about people watching us and how to witness to people and how effective a godly witness can be. And, brother, when I got up from you, I was walking across to go get my bag, and that old lady stopped me. And you know what she told me? I've been watching you." This lady was from Israel because we were in an Israeli place, and she said, "I've been watching you and your family a few years, and it's beautiful." And she started to tell me what she had observed. She said, "I just want to let you know that was this beautiful." You know, she told me the foreign language. I didn't understand what she said. Um, But she said, it's beautiful. And we had just got through talking about how to be a witness for Jesus. And so God just confirmed it with me, and I almost danced out of the place. (laughs) And I forgot to call my brother, but I figured I'd see you today. (laughs) But that's what's so important. There are people out there that need to hear this, and they need to see this, and we have to be this. See, I don't care about Agenda 2015. I don't care. Why? Because they have nothing over Jesus. But I got to make sure I'm in his pavilion, and he's always given us instructions on how to be that. Go to verse chapter three of Proverbs. We'll get out of here. Chapter three of Proverbs, and this is what we must we must ask him for, and this is where we have to be. Because when the beast and his image come, meet him at the door. But you got to be with the Lord, Amen. We won't get into what and how and all that, but this meet him with the power and the spirit of God. That's what's so amazing, that, that God, he said, look, I got this. Just be with me. He said, I allowed this to happen. I allowed all of this to happen. Yeah, like they're doing something behind my back. <laughs> I allow this to happen because this thing must end. And this is the conclusion of Lucifer's rebellion in heaven. I used to wonder why he let Lucifer do what he did. I said, God, why didn't you just zap him off to, off to existence? And he said, no, I couldn't do that because you wouldn't know who I am. If it wasn't for Lucifer's rebellion, you wouldn't know mercy. You wouldn't know how loving and forgiving I am. I tried with him. He wouldn't listen. He said, what about you? He said, I love you so much, I went through all of this. So you'll have a chance to get the victory over Agenda 21. Let's take advantage of that. Proverbs chapter 3. Let's begin at verse 19. The Lord by wisdom hath founded what? The earth. Now they call it Mother Earth. Who created earth? The Father through Jesus. Amen. So. You know, in, contra- in law, what, what was the oldest is the, 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 the deed, title deed, Brother Juan. Whoever had the oldest title, got the title. he got the title. He got the best title. So since he was the creator of heaven and earth, whose who's heaven and earth is it? Hmm? Father. The Father. And doesn't he want us to be part of the family? So he said, look, I founded earth by understanding. And he said, by understanding, he has established the heavens, <laughs> all where the CO2 is. <laughs> he said, it's mine. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall thou be, I'm sorry, so shall they be life unto thy soul, and grace to thy neck. What will be wisdom and understanding? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? He also said wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get what? Understanding. He said, look, man, put these things around your neck. This is going to be what's going to get you through. Mm, mm, mm. He said, verse 23, then shall thou walk in the way of what? Safety. See, we're always looking for safe, right? We want to be free of fear. He said, you will walk in safe. You will walk safely if what? You keep these things with you if you stay in the pavilion of the Most High. Verse 24, 23, I'm sorry. And thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shall what? Not be afraid. Oh, you're going to love this scripture in just a little while. Because you know, I'm in a pavilion of the most high. Who's going to the, in, in the, run up in the most holy place? Nobody. Where are you going to be? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jesus. Where Jesus is, I am. We know Jesus in the Most holy place. Jesus by your, we're here. Nobody can get you there. See, that's why you better lay down in peace. When all the world is going crazy, when all the bombs are going off, when all the murders are happening, when everybody gets jumped on at the gas station, when, when, when people are, are, are being persecuted and, and, and murdered by the thousands over in, in Africa. He said, they'll they're, they're come not nigh to you. Why? Because you're in the right place. Not because you're righteous, not because you're holy. It's just you're in the right place. Mm. Thou shalt not be afraid, yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be what? Sweet. People are going to look at you crazy. I'm telling you, church, they're going to look at you like you've lost your mind because you're not all wired up, mad, and upset, and full of Starbucks. (laughs) They're going to say, what's wrong with y'all? Don't y'all know the world's coming to an end? And you're going to say, yes, it is. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) They say, what's wrong with you? The world's coming to an end. Yes, it is. No, sin's coming to an end. I'm waiting on my Lord. See, when they say world, we say sin. Sin is coming to an end. Does that make you feel better? It say, oh, the world's coming to an end. No, sin's coming to an end. and shall not rise up a second time. Verse 25 says, be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. Isn't that good to know it's coming Desolation is going to be everywhere. It's going to be all around. But he said, I don't want you to be afraid, for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. All right. right. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm happy that I know a God who loves me enough to tell me what's happening, how to, how, what place to be in, and that he is able to help us. Amen. And more than that, he will help us so we can help others. Because there's nobody else teaching this anymore. We got to come on and get with this and say, Lord, where do you want me to be? See, I can give you, I can give you six weeks of prophecy studies right now if you wanted to. But when you get through with six weeks, you just got a whole lot of notes and know Jesus. You better know Jesus. You better know what he says. You, better know what it, you need to know the difference between good and evil, and you got to be able to choose the good. And it starts where you live. So when God sends his messengers to you to say your house needs to be this way, according to the Lord, stop rebelling. When God sends his messengers to tell you the church needs to be this way, stop rebelling. There's many places you could be right now. Why are you in this place? It's not because of the entertainment, is it? That's a little too much laughter. We have to understand God has a mission for us. Amen. It's the old mission. Go preach the gospel. Yes. Amen. The gospel had nothing to do with anything else. When he sent those, those, those guys out to preach the gospel, man, it was what? What is the good news of my coming? Preach them how to live this life, how to live a joyous life, how to be connected with the joyous God, how to live a life where your children won't grow up to be murderers, how how you grow up that your daughters won't be having 15 kids before they're 35, all these things that we're suffering from now. How your husband can be a husband and your wife can be a wife. See, that's where it starts. It doesn't start in Haiti on a missionary journey. It starts where you live. If we can recognize that, we can start and turn this whole thing around. That when they pass their law, we'll have a law that we follow. And that law will overrule everything in the universe. This is where we have to be. Do we want to be there? Has he told us how? What's stopping us? we don't know how to give him the glory we're going to ask him to do that for us now teach us Lord in the way not just for us but for others those who are coming those who are needing to hear those who need to understand that there is a way of life that God has already put in place for them that will get them to the kingdom Kingdom is a reward for holy living. You don't all of a sudden become holy when you get to the kingdom, do you? Holy living is righteous living, right doing living. See, one day there'll be no more profanity coming out of your mouth. Oh, no, bro, you know I curse. There'll be no uh, uh, sickness in your home. There'll be no lying, there'll be no envy, there'll be no idolatry, there'll be no covetousness. That day is coming, amen? Go ahead and fess up and say, Lord, I need help. I need a blessing from the Most High. Can we do that? Where you are, let's, let's, let's get on our knees and ask him that. Let's have a prayer.